ho, ho, ho. We got our first look at that first team defense, and they did not disappoint. This is the Pigpen Podcast. Let's break it down. This is the Pigpen Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Week two of the preseason in the books. I am Denton Day at Denton underscore Day on Twitter. The Redskins fall to the Bengals, although seeing as it is the preseason, the score does not matter and none of these wins actually matter. But the final is 23 to 13 in favor of the Bengals. The Bengals went on kind of a wicked run in the second half to put up a lot of points and and ultimately take the win here. But it's the preseason. Nobody really cares about that. If this is your first time listening, subscribe to the podcast feed on Hogshaven on both Apple and Spotify and wherever you're listening uh, to your podcast. We are on there. Subscribe to it and make sure you become a member of the Hogs Haven community and talk with us about all the great football, well, all of the football going on uh, within the Redskins. We will get to Dwayne Haskins. He did throw a beautiful touchdown pass. We will get to that, but we are going to start with the defense just like we did last week. They were the star of the show once again, and it wasn't the Jimmy Moreland show this week, but we got our first glimpse at some of the guys who are going to be playing on our first team defense. And but I, when I say some of the guys, we actually got about two series of just about, if I'm not mistaking, all of the guys that are going to be on our first team defense, and they did not disappoint. This this was what I was looking forward to the most. Obviously, I want to see uh, the maturation of Dwayne Haskins, and he did get a lot better this week. But on paper, what I was looking forward to the most about this game was going to be that first-team defense and really just how much they were going to play. I didn't know how much um, snaps they were actually going to get, and it turns out they really didn't get a whole lot. But what they did do with that snaps, uh, what they did do with those snaps, I should say, was certainly very noteworthy. So there's a couple guys that I definitely want to key on. Obviously, Monte Nicholson had the big play of the night with the pick six, the 96-yarder. Uh, the, the way that we got there, though, was certainly an interesting one at that, just kind of allowing the Bengals to march down the field, but not doing it by giving up any big plays because in that first drive, the Bengals gained a total of 17 yards, but they essentially marched about 70 yards down the field, and a lot of that was because of penalties. You have the penalty on John Allen, which was stupid, and it wasn't a John Allen fault. It was just these refs, and trust me when I say that we are going to rant about these refs on the back end of the podcast, because I will, but that play on on John Allen in a regular season game, probably not going to be called. That was a running back, not a quarterback, so he's he's kind of in the clear uh, on that play during the regular season. And then he had the Josh Norman play, which was dumb. It was a stupid penalty to call. It made absolutely no sense as to why they thought that he was even remotely leading with his head. He was clearly trying to make a play on the ball. And then the second penalty on Josh Norman only comes because of that first penalty on Josh Norman. So in a regular game, those penalties don't actually exist. And the Redskins get off the field in basically three plays. So we lose the touchdown because the defense gets off the field so quickly. Uh, But the defense did their job and they were able to hold... Uh, the Bengals offense had it not be for the penalties. Now, the pick six was awesome. I mean, there's so many different things when you watch that play, and I've watched it a couple times now. I mean, the game literally just ended about 30 minutes ago, but I watched the play a couple times, and 
there's so much stuff going on there. Josh Harvey Clemens made a great play on the receiver to take him kind of out of the picture a little bit. Monte Nicholson with great presence of mind to keep his eye on the football and be able to make the play once it gets tipped in the air. Deron Payne getting a hand up at the line of scrimmage. It's such a wonderful thing to have great guys at the line of scrimmage who are knowledgeable and know to not only rush the passer, but they can get their hand up as well. And it's something that we haven't really had in quite some time, I feel like. So he had the wherewithal to get up and do that. And then watching Deron Payne then see Monte Nicholson pick the ball off and sprint down the field with him. Him and Montez Sweat, who is kind of on the backside of the play, who just happened to also sprint down the field with those two guys. They basically walked hand in hand to the end zone. And that was just awesome. I mean, there's really not not a whole lot of you don't get points for that, obviously, having other guys on your team running you to the end zone. But seeing Deron Payne, who was a very large individual, and Montez Sweat, who is a hell of an athlete, just run 96 yards with Monte Nicholson, it was a joy to watch. This defense is going to be fun. There's a certain bit of swagger to this defense that we haven't seen in a very, very long time here in D.C. Uh, And I kind of almost a little bit point to it uh, with the Norman issue again there. When he had that penalty, it it was very different side of Josh Norman to get up and kind of get in the face of the officials. It it was very similar uh, to old school D'Angelo Hall, but I kind of liked it. I liked that grit from Josh Norman. I think that sort of mentality is something that this defense should have. It's a very gritty defense, and it has guys all over the field that have the ability to make plays, and we saw that tonight, and I know it's preseason. It's only week two. It's the Bengals. They don't have A.J. Green, but it was still nice to see that this is a this is a unit that has so many different guys that are fantastic athletes and guys that are going to be able to make plays uh, in so many different aspects of the game. I mean, you had John Allen basically playing perimeter defense on a wide receiver screen, getting over, using that athleticism to make a play on the sideline. It's it's just such a different feel for this Redskins team. Uh, even when we have been good just recently, uh, in recent memory, I should say, it, it's been such an offensive-driven good. And I think this is the first year in a very long time where we can be defensively driven and still good. Now, it's going to put a lot of pressure on whoever it is that ends up starting at quarterback for us because we shouldn't waste this defense that we have here. The window for keeping a defense like this together is certainly going to be a short one because at some point, guys are going to have to get paid. But what we have right now is something that I feel can be very, very special. Uh, a fantastic presence of gang tackling, which is something that we I, I really just love as kind of an old school football fan. Guys getting to the ball and for for one thing that I've really noticed over the course of kind of Redskins history, uh, occasionally, because there have been some times in the past few years where you kind of thought like, maybe this defense is going to be okay, and then it ended up not being uh, all that. But when when guys, when the running back runs into the line of scrimmage, in years past, they have been able to find a way to kind of slice through some of our defenders and turn what should be a two-yard gain into a five, six, or seven-yard gain tonight they were all two-yard gains. And Joe Mixon did get a little bit of play time for Cincinnati, and he's certainly in the, I would say he's in the top half of running backs in the league. I'm not going to say he's a top 10 guy, but he's certainly in the top half of running backs in the league. And they were able to corral him and essentially suffocate him, for lack of a better word. The defense did a hell of a job, and I'm super excited to see how they play against, well, teams that are at full strength, but also throughout the course of an entire game. If we're already 
showcasing the ability to create turnovers. I'm very, very excited for what this can bring. Now, I know it's just preseason, and I can't stress that enough. It is just preseason. They only really played two series, but I really liked what I saw. They stole the show today, just like Jimmy Moreland did last week. These guys stole the show, and they deserve to do so because this unit is going to be exceptional. Okay, now... Onto this offensive performance here. Seven points put on the board uh, from this offensive unit. So not the greatest showing in the world. But like I said, uh, just sim- similar with the defense, the starters didn't play a whole lot. The offensive guys did stay in a little bit longer because their drives were a little bit shorter. Um, so, they, so Case Keenum did get a little bit uh, more playing time than I thought he would. But he got in uh, about a quarter and a half, I would say. Maybe a, maybe a little bit longer than a quarter and a half. But he got some good playing time in. The touchdown, though, uh, that the, uh, the lone touchdown the offense scored came from the hand of Dwayne Haskins to Robert Davis. And it was an absolute beauty. Haskins fires downfield on third down. It's caught. Robert Davis, touchdown. Second straight week for Davis. That was a big-time throw from Dwayne Haskins. Courtesy of the Redskins Broadcast Network on the call there. But that was a big-time throw from Dwayne Haskins, and that is a sign of hope. We've had some quarterback issues that have been very prevalent in this organization for the last 20 years. Is Dwayne Haskins going to be the guy that saves us? I do not know. But I know that that throw was really, really good. He stood in the pocket, he took the heat, and he delivered a dime. That is what we need. Now, I still don't think, based on what we saw today, I don't know if Dwayne Haskins should start week one. But I think this this week's performance was certainly a positive sign for Dwayne Haskins in the direction of eventually starting for this football team. The one thing that really stood out to me, and I haven't watched the game back. You know, Like I said, the game literally just ended about 20, 30 minutes ago. But the one thing that really stood out to me between him and Case Keenum, it sure seemed like Dwayne Haskins is starting to understand the offense almost a little quicker than Case Keenum. And the, the reason I say that, just, just based on the eye test and just watching him in, in, the, um, in the second quarter, in the third quarter, and I know he's playing against second and third team defenders, but he's moving through his progressions a little bit quicker than Case Keenum, and it seems like plays are developing a lot quicker when Dwayne Haskins has the ball in his hand, and maybe that's just because the first-team offense really didn't get a whole lot of run last week, and they they did they were just kind of getting their feet wet, knocking the rust off a little bit, but it sure seemed like the plays developed significantly slower, or at least noticeably slower, for Case Keenum than they did for Dwayne Haskins, and part of that is because, once again, like we saw last week, Dwayne Haskins showcased the ability to move the pocket with his feet and use a little bit of his mobility to put pressure on the defense, something that Case Keenum doesn't do nearly as well. But it's just one thing that I noticed that Dwayne Haskins is moving through his reads a little bit quicker than Case Keenum. Case Keenum is similar to me, at least, of what Alex Smith was a little bit last year. And Dwayne Haskins isn't like head over heels better than him with the offense right now. I don't want to come off like I'm saying that, but it seems like he's getting, he's understanding it and picking it up at least a little bit faster in game speed, just based on what I saw tonight. He he didn't um, 
No, no real turnovers. He did have a fake turnover, which shouldn't have been a turnover because these refs are absolutely atrocious. Uh, he technically had a fumble, which, with the benefit of replay, which the officials did have, was not actually a fumble. His arm was very clearly moving forward when the ball came out, and it also went about seven yards down the field. I don't know how you messed that call up, but like I said, we will rant on the officials later. Uh, so Dwayne Haskins played a lot better, and I think one of the things that I really loved about this game and kind of tying this whole thing in together because uh, we as a fan base, and I guess I got to commend us a little bit as a fan base here, we didn't really freak out with Dwayne Haskins' performance last week, which I think is a very good thing uh, because other quarterbacks, other rookie quarterbacks across the league, some people did decide to freak out about their performances. Of course, uh, theirs were more positive, and that's te- that's definitely a shot at Daniel Jones and everyone who freaked out about Daniel Jones' performance. Uh, but we as fans didn't do the opposite of that when Dwayne Haskins threw two, t- or two interceptions. And I think last week's performance uh, was key to him performing the way that he did today. And I think that's a very big plus for him. It seems like he's kind of a sponge, and he can really learn from the mistakes that he made. The throws that he made this week were not nearly uh, as kind of up in the air as as bad, I would say, as some of the throws he made last week. Now, not all the throws he made last week were bad, but he had a much better confidence about him in the way uh, of throwing the football. His decision-making seemed to be a whole lot better. His his yards should have been boosted a little bit. There are a couple catchable balls that the receivers dropped. You had the whole Kelvin Harmon situation, which these these officials are atrocious. They we we had a terrible group today. Um so he did lose a little bit on that side, but I thought Dwayne Haskins played a lot better. I would like to see this is, I think the next step for Dwayne Haskins. I would like to see him get at least a possession or two with the first team next week. I think it's pretty clear that our first team offense is going to get a whole lot of play next week. Maybe the first half, maybe the first full half. I would like to see Dwayne Haskins get at least one possession with the first team. It seems to be very clear that until Colt McCoy is actually healthy, he is not the projected starter. I mean, he could be penciled in right now, but we're working with Penn at this point. We're halfway through the preseason. We got to start making some decisions, and I think we need to see Dwayne Haskins get a little bit of time with the first team. Not a whole lot. Don't start him with the unit. Still start Case Keenum, but in that second quarter, bring Case Keenum out and let Dwayne Haskins run it with the big boys, see how he feels, see how he reacts to real game speed against other teams' ones, and then we can kind of make a real assessment as to what this quarterback race really is at that point. Because I think we're going to eventually uh, decide by next week. By this time, after week three in the preseason, I think we'll have a pretty good idea of who is actually going to start, or at least I hope we do. And I would like Dwayne Haskins to get a little bit of time with the ones just to see if he can, if he really has it. I mean, he's doing great stuff now, but it's against the twos and the threes. Can he do it against the ones? If he can, well, then we have more of a problem on our hands because this is an actual competition, um, which is kind of a good thing, but kind of a bad thing because our team is going to screw some things up. But uh, I'm willing to take that risk, and I want to see him with the big boys. Elsewhere on offense, the big question that everyone had on the internet was answered immediately following the game uh, with Jay Gruden. We did not see any of Terry McLaurin. I, I was very upset about that. I This is a guy that I've been waiting to see for a while. Um, I said the defense at the, at the start of the podcast, I really want to see them. Well, on offense, one of the guys that I really want to see that's not named Dwayne Haskins 
is Terry McLaurin. We haven't seen him yet, and Jay Gruden gave us the the explanation is that he kind of fell on his tailbone in practice. Um, so not the greatest explanation in the world, not exactly the, the best reason to keep a guy that could be a really, really good wide receiver for us out of the game. But that is what it is. And Jay did say that he thinks that maybe uh, McLaurin could have played, but he's definitely going to get some play time next week. Uh, so we are going to get our first real glimpse of Terry McLaurin as a wide receiver next week. Him and Dwayne Haskins need to get some time. Those two guys need to, need to get a couple plays together because I do think McLaurin is going to run with the ones a little bit more. So get Dwayne Haskins and McLaurin a little bit of play time together and just see what happens. Those guys have some chemistry from their college days. Let's hope that we can bring it over into this level, and let's just see what happens. Uh, some other stuff on offense. Like I said, Case Keenum is is moving a little slower than I would like him to at the moment, but I still think he is. I would give him just a very, very slight edge uh, for the starting job just because he is a veteran. Uh, I think in the near future, Samaje Pienrai is no longer going to be with the team. Uh, I kind of touched on this last week. I just... He's not really doing it for us right now, unless we want to go a fullback route, which I don't think we will because we are going to have some tough decisions to make at the wide receiver position. Uh, I think Samaj P. Ryan is probably going to be gone sooner rather than later, and that might not be that bad of a thing. Um, so he is probably going to be gone. Adrian Peterson did look good. No Darius Geis today. Uh, still work, Still just precautionary, I would assume, but Adrian Peterson had a couple good runs. Uh, Chris Thompson showcased his, his uh, blocking ability a little bit. Not using him a whole lot on offense, but okay, I'm okay with that because he does have that history of injuries. Uh, but he did he did some some really good work in the blocking department. Um, so that that's obviously a good thing. Uh, Jay Gruden did have some some challenges of pass interferences. Uh, the first one, we kind of got um, shafted a little bit for, uh, by the broadcast team because uh, they didn't really capture a great angle on um, the Sims touchdown. They, they wanted to say it was a pick play. I don't know what view the officials actually got to see because generally speaking, and maybe this is just because it's preseason, but generally speaking, uh, in the regular season, the officials see the same view that we see, and we did not see a very good view of the penalty at all. I mean, I saw it on Twitter, which is basically just the actual broadcast view of the play, and that's not really enough to... I didn't think... It was a, it was a ticky-tack call uh, made by an officiating crew that was very bad at their job, so I didn't like that. We should have put up a, a few more points, and it negates a touchdown. It was a beautiful throw from... Uh, from Case to Sims, obviously you would like to have that. Um, uh, you have it on film, but you would obviously like to have that on the scorebook as well. We don't get that. Jay Gruden does challenge the pass interference. He did that twice, um, and he lost both times. So I don't know what views they had, but we were kind of with that transition into our rant on the officials a little bit. Uh, they were so terrible. Like I, I'm trying to keep this family friendly as much as possible. But these dudes were basically from Mars. I have no idea what rule book they were looking at. I know the lead official's last name was Hockley. I have no idea if that is any relation at all to Ed Hockley. Maybe it's his brother. Maybe it's his nephew. Maybe it's his a long-lost cousin. Maybe it's an estranged person that just has the same last name of, as him from his family. I don't know what he was. He was very bad at his job, though. And I don't understand how they consistently were able to mess up pass interference calls with the benefit of replay. Like, if we actually sit here and think that this replaying uh, pass interference things is going to be a good thing for the league, you are out of your mind. It slows the game down like crazy. And today, they missed it with the benefit of replay. 
the 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 Kelvin Harmon pass interference number one, where he is actually going for the ball and the defender's face is in his chest. How do you miss that? Even with the benefit of replay, maybe he did push off a little bit um, at at the at the top of the route, but. There's literally no way that you can't get that right. There needs to be some sort of explanation process. If they were going to decide, actually, we're going to call it on the push-off beforehand, which we didn't see on any of the replays on the broadcast, I don't understand how they missed that. With the benefit of replay, the Saints thing, the Saints really screwed us for a little bit. I know people have been crying about pass interference replay for a while, but it came to a head with the Saints getting screwed out of a Super Bowl, and now it's going to make the, the regular season miserable. Because if this is annoying in the preseason, there's absolutely no way it's going to be any better in the regular season. That's just not how it works. There's no magic wand that's going to say, hey, this is going to be more acceptable when the games actually matter. It's not going to do that. So the the, the officiating today was terrible. The, the penalties that they called on our first team defense, two of which were atrocious. I get the Norman second one because he touched an official, uh, but that doesn't happen without that first one. The officiating was bad, bad, bad. I know they're in preseason mode. Give them a break. You don't get a break. You're paid to officiate the game. Do it the right way. I'm glad it happened in the preseason and not a regular season because Lord knows had that happened in the regular season, I would have come out insanely hot. This part, this rant part would have been at the very front of the podcast and it wouldn't have been family friendly had it happened in the regular season. But thankfully, this did happen in the preseason. The officiating was terrible. That They were in business for themselves tonight. Was not a huge fan of that at all. And I hope that unit that we had today is not a unit that we ever get during the course of the regular season in any capacity. They were absolutely atrocious. Okay, so now that we got that out of the way, that's going to kind of wrap it up here for the Week 2 uh, preseason recap against the Bengals. Like I said, fell 23-13, to the final score. Uh, the Redskins fall to the Bengals. Hit me up on Twitter at Denton underscore Day. Let me know what you thought of the first team defense or the officiating or Dwayne Haskins. Thought Haskins played well? Let me know on Twitter at Denton underscore Day and follow us at Hogs Haven. Until then, see you next week. <laughs>